Shannon, where are we? We are at a, a local church at which one time we did a single performance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, we Two, performed it twice. Twice. We did perform Two nights, twice. I think. Okay, yes. Why are we here? Because <laughs> one time we did it too. <laughs> Uh, no, you're fine. Um, yeah, I I think that this kind of wraps up the places where we've done, like, directing together. Mm-hmm. With one notable exception. Right. But we haven't gotten there yet. We might never get there. Yeah. Um, but certainly where we've... We did uncertainty stuff. Mm-hmm. We've been everywhere else. We didn't go to the last one we did. But that place still has some... To the library. for me, yeah. Yeah. We went to where we rehearsed, though. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Just up the street. Yeah. So, yeah. That's why we're here. Um, it stopped, but when we arrived, it was snowing. Yep. It sounds like we're shivering. We are. <laughs> <laughs> but this is really, I, I meant it, this is the kind of the epitome of what a parking lot talk is for me. It's either I remember freezing my toes off and like having to take a hot shower when I got home because mm. I was cold so deep. Either that or it being so muggy and humid that like yeah. you just feel kind of gross but also like like this was good. Yeah. But um I need yeah again I gotta go home and shower. Either way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and I am like terrible at dressing appropriately for the weather so any time that we were doing this and it was snowing I was wearing like a skirt and like ballet flats right and jumping up and down to keep myself warm while Shannon and I were talking about things um today I am wearing a sweatshirt and like actual pants and gloves so practical gotta gotta be cute when you're going out to a show though yeah. I'm a firm believer. Like, there's not enough places to dress up not, and go, not really. go do things. Well, there's none now, but <laughs> there, there used to not be any enough, so. Yes, I wore, like, full-on clothes to my mom's house the other night for dinner, and, like, everyone was kind of like, but why, though? <laughs> Those jeans? What like, is this? Well, I, <laughs> I need to do laundry. <laughs> I'm out of yoga pants. Leave me alone. <laughs> yes. There was a time in my life when the yoga pants were my laundry day clothes. That time has passed. <laughs> it's over. Um, oh, no. Yeah, so... Kind of weird. I think this was um, our most technically complicated show that oh, we really? performed here. I thought so. Mostly because there was music involved. Yeah. That I was mean, complicated. I hid a guitarist behind a curtain to achieve something that I wanted. I would have let him be seen, but he was a little camera shy. Yeah. Um, he did great, but he had, yeah, just nervous. Yeah. But I think, like, that was really fun for me because um, we were doing Twelfth Night. And music is such, like, a, I mean, the famous line from that show is is about music, so I felt like I really wanted it, and also, 
I had this 90s aesthetic stuck in my head and wanted everything to feel like a little like um, garage bandy. Hmm. Not the app garage band, but like a literal <laughs> band in the garage. Yeah, like a literal band in the garage. Um, so that's kind of how everyone was dressed and like the overalls. Alex helped give the that overalls vibe. were so good. The clothes were the some of my favorite costumes we've ever put on human bodies. Um, and pretty much everyone was happy with them. Yeah, that was another nice thing. Mm-hmm. We got to use a lot of like vintage pieces that people actually owned mm-hmm. or like their parents had owned, so that was cool. Um, and I felt like I wasn't looking for a lot of times when we've um, had to go like Goodwill shopping, it's like we'll get something close and then we'll fix it. Yeah. But the nice thing about doing something very 90s was, like, that is Goodwill clothes. Yeah, (laughs) you can find that. So I could absolutely find exactly what I wanted. Um, And I let people keep everything I bought. I think ultimately um, my cousin Megan helped us pick things out. I think Mm -hmm. we maybe spent 30 bucks for all the people. Um, And then you really, really wanted that ottoman. Yes. You bought it. I bought the ottoman. Yeah. I spent more, I spent more money on like three, like floofs, puffs right. of fabric on the floor than I did on all the clothes. But I let almost everyone keep their clothes too, cause I thought, they were like really cool. I found like a vintage Nirvana T-shirt. Yeah. Um, the girl that wore that, s- still owns it, and the baseball pants. I loved those. Oh wow! Yeah, those were cool. I was so worried they wouldn't fit, cause they were like little boys t-ball pants <laughs> and they fit and I was like I love these pants <laughs> please 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 you have to put them on and see if they fit and this girl was like okay <laughs> and I was gonna let anyone wear them but I really wanted it to be her so that outfit like the Nirvana shirt and the baseball pants one of my favorite looks I've ever put on someone oh, word. I think 90s grunge is how I want to dress all the time so I just got to play around a lot. Right. I don't remember a lot about that. It just felt very stressful. Well, because we got... We spent so long trying to find an actual performance location for that. Yeah. That was the hardest thing after casting. After we made the casting happen, then yeah. that was the, the only really difficult thing. Casting Twelfth Night was weird because I... I went into it knowing the vibe that I wanted, but having, like, no real strong feelings about who would be playing what part. And then we just, like, got four guys who auditioned. Yeah. And none of them were quite as strong as the women who auditioned. But most of the parts in Twelfth Night are dudes. There's three ladies. Yep. And I felt really weird about, like, not casting all of these great women just because they weren't written that way. And Twelfth Night, like, no one is their gender most of the time. Right. <laughs> so, like, it seemed, I don't know, you're already playing with the twins and their gender. It just seemed, like, easy to not have to think about it too much and what would that look like. So that was really fun. Um, but we debated over that decision a lot. 
Yes. Because we didn't know. It's hard for audiences to understand sometimes what's going on in like a Shakespeare mix em up anyway. Yeah. And then when I'm looking at the audience and being like, these two girls, one of them is pretending to be a boy in the play. <laughs> But one of them is pretending to be a boy for the play. For the play. And I need oh. you to understand the difference. Yeah. That's really hard. So. <laughs> it, it was. But I think people got it. And if they didn't. It, it was still fun. Who cares? Like, it, that's kind of that Shakespeare genre is just, mm-hmm. well, it's just kind of silly. Yeah. And if you get anything else out of that, great. Yeah. <laughs> and I, as I have said on this podcast before prefer sad stuff um like I want to make people cry always (laughs) so for me like also doing a comedy that was a little bit of a stretch for me like because I had done stuff that had funny moments and I know how to pull a funny moment out of a drama like I know how to build the tension just to the point to where you like it can break into something that's funny or even like father of the bride I mean you could classify it as a comedy but it's really just like a family drama cute yeah, yeah. drama a, a low stakes family drama exactly so I had done that but like doing something where everything's the joke um is not really my style so that was a stretch for me too so it was a lot of firsts but fun mm-hmm. oh yeah and I, the cast appreciated the um, willingness to just jump out there and they totally matched it yeah. they were like okay so this is weird cool I can do that I can do yeah. weird and they just went with it which was I mean I think we could say that about all of our casts we were just blessed with people who were willing to do try it try on mm-hmm. the baseball pants and yeah. try saying it that way and then look at us like we were crazy and we'll go okay fine that was bad like <laughs> but try it every yeah. single time it was really cool and I think you and I too are pretty good at like telling it like it is enough when it's not working that when we come at something with like the enthusiasm to be like we really think this will work if you just if you just like go yeah. with me for a minute that building the trust of like I promise I'm going to tell you when I don't like it mm. people are willing to do something that they're afraid they're going to look dumb at if they know that you have like proven to them <laughs> that yeah. you will say hey yeah, that's not working in definitely. like a nice way <laughs> definitely What's the thing where it's like, once upon a bleak December? Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got once upon a December. That's I feel like I'm combining two things. things. Yeah. I feel like it's a poem, but I don't know that it's once upon a bleak December. I don't know. There's the uh, miles to go, but how does that one start? I think you're thinking of the first line. Is of that, that what I'm thinking? That's Robert Frost, right? Yeah. Someone is screaming it. Listening oh, to undoubtedly. Right I'll Google it in a minute. But it's basically what I'm trying to say is today is kind of like a um, morose ending to 2020. 
Yikes. It's freezing, um, but not doing anything cool. It's very overcast. It's Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, like, I'm not a big believer that, like, January 1st, 2021, all our problems are going to be solved. Um, I wasn't pre-pandemic, and I'm certainly not during a pandemic. Yeah. But I do think in a year that's been, like, hard to look forward to anything because all the things that you were looking forward to um, kept getting taken away from you. We've experienced that a lot. Yeah. Um, it can feel kind of scary to look forward to something again. But I think something about the new year is, like, letting, give, giving people, like, a out for feeling hopeful. Mm-hmm. I'm always one to remind people that when they opened Pandora's box, hope came out, too. <laughs> and it was one of the biggest dangers of the human world. <laughs> um... But Greek mythology isn't real, and right. sometimes it's good to hope for things. So, short and sweet today, that's kind of what we're going to talk about, I guess. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, definitely been a year of just lots and lots of unexpectedly disappointing things. Like, you, yeah, by, <laughs> by the end of this year, I feel like every time I say there's a plan, I'm like, yeah, maybe. Like, this might be about to happen. Truly. Really? Every time. Because, I mean, I'll have a plan, and then it's like, oh, so-and-so got COVID. Well, I saw so-and-so. Now I have to go get a freaking test again. Like, yep. it's every single time I plan something, I feel like I've used my pencil a lot more in my planner this year, <laughs> and it's bugging me. Because um, I've just gotten out of that habit. Um, the fact that you're still using a planner, I, I feel like, is a major mark in the victory yeah. column for There's 2020. There's not a whole lot in it, but, yeah, I'm trying. Um. I feel like there's, I don't know, um, there's, like, a levels of things which we say all the time but like in March we were about to do open our show mm -hmm. that we were in together and that got cancelled and I sort of kept feeling like okay well we're gonna round some turn and then I'll be able to better understand mm. like the future yeah <laughs> like I kept feeling like I was in a blind drive and like as soon as I got around the curve yeah <laughs> like yeah. I would I would know something more um but the road just kind of keeps circling around and it's like no you don't know it's anything. turned into a NASCAR track and they're <laughs> just like all the left yes. turns um and I just keep repeating the same thing over and over we're like I think I'm gonna get to do something yeah. and it gets canceled. Nope. swerve so I don't know um I think that the There's something to be said for, like, holding on to things loosely, though. I think, for me, so much of, like, 
my life was tied up in very tightly to like my job Mm. because it was also my number one hobby (laughs) and also how I knew most of my friends and had most of my social interactions and I guess like my um 2020 intention is like to keep some of the balance that I've struck in the pandemic of like having other hobbies and talking to my friends outside of work Hmm. and making friends outside of work and like not letting um as much as I love it like theater overtake my life again when it comes back which I feel like would be very easy to do because I would want to say yes to every project because I lost a year yeah like that resume gap is stressing me out a little bit so it's like everybody's gonna have one I think that's just gonna be a thing now in resumes is like COVID COVID. it's just gonna be a line (laughs) on everyone's resume so what's with this oh oh that was 2020 got it okay yeah moving on I can't wait for like um, media around, like, the job I did during COVID to come out. Like, yes. Like, like the people who, like, <laughs> did the randomest stuff during the pandemic. I'm interested in that. I, I'm not interested in COVID media, though. Like, no. I don't want to see a documentary. No. <laughs> I don't want to read a book. Like, I feel like we need time. Yeah. Um, and, like, those things should exist because that's how people learn is by watching yeah and reflecting but i think we live in a society that like can do that immediately if we wanted to and i think that everyone needs a little bit of space there's already plenty of information if you want to be mad and i mean i think oh yeah anything that would be created right now would just be coming out of the polarization that is right now like yeah. i think the producers need space too. Like yeah. the people who are going to make that need to take a second. And <laughs> I'm always interested just... in like the feeling of the time that inspires you to make art that isn't directly related to that. Mm. So like there's a lot of polarization, isolation, people are feeling hopeless, sad, whatever. But, like, what does that inspire you to make that isn't, like, you know, love in the time of COVID? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that kind of is like uh, when you're first starting out writing anything and you just, they tell you to write what you know. And so then you just write about a 14-year-old who's in high school Mm -hmm. because that's what you are and that must be what you should write. And that's fine, but that can influence you to write other things if you let it. Like, your, sorry, small 14-year-old problems, which feel like the world, because they are, um, could be used to write other things Mm -hmm. that are not just about the crush over and over and over again. Not specifically about you. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, like, um, one of the existentialist poets maybe Thoreau I can't remember but has this quote like 
uh, how dare you sit down to write when you haven't stood up to live. And I mm. think that sometimes that sentiment of like, you have to go live your life in order to have something to write about and write what you know, end up in the same basket. Yeah. And what teachers are really saying to you when they're saying those things is like all of the emotions and experiences that you have had aren't special. (laughs) They're unique to you and your situation and meaningful to you and your situation. But everyone has these emotions and these experiences and like you can write something about those things that is very emotionally relevant to other people but isn't like when I was nine this very specific thing happened to me and it is exactly from my real life you know lie (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's what good writing is lies yeah Lies with just a little bit of truth. Yeah. Find you in characters. Don't force characters to look like you. Mm. And I think that's acting, too. Like, it's not about forcing yourself to become that character. It's about looking at that character and finding the, like, hook. The thing that you can relate to. Mm. The emotion that you feel like you've experienced. Which is hard for certain characters. Yeah. I mean... I was not sure what I had in common with Lord Derby. (laughs) You really like Hamlet? I do really like Hamlet. I guess that's it. Yeah. But, um... I mean, I don't think that you've ever looked me in the face and said that people who don't like or understand Hamlet should be sent off to an island to live... On their own and not be allowed to procreate. Right, no. But, um, uh, you know, and if you if did. taken to an extreme, <laughs> I suppose that makes sense. If that's, that, that's the core of your belief system, is mm-hmm. that Hamlet is the greatest piece of literature. Sure. Then take that to its logical conclusion. Yeah. Makes sense. She can't even say I, it. Island. <laughs> send, send them all to an Nope, can't, can't even say it. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, when I played Lady Macbeth, my thing I decided was like, she has this one redeeming quality. It's that she really loves her husband. Mm. That is real. So I, I can, I can live there. Take that to its logical conclusion. I'll kill anyone who <laughs> tries to stand in his way. Because I love him. You know, n- not my vibe. Right. Um, but I think you just have to find your hook. Speaking of people who only have redeeming qualities that you really have to hunt for tell me why I'm rereading Wuthering Heights and also tell me why in my memory I've just blocked out the fact that the narrator is a character because I hate the first three chapters of Wuthering Heights so much they make no sense so did you skip them? I don't know. Oh. I mean, I didn't this time, yeah. but I was reading it, and I've had this copy of Wuthering Heights for years. It still has, um, when I was in middle school, I've said this before, I had a friend, we would 
switch books all the time. Yeah. And so I would write my name on the pages of the book. Like on, I hold together the pages on the side. And it still has in like green Sharpie my name and like little hearts on it. So I've had this for over a decade. Yeah. And I think I've read it twice. Because I feel like I read it once when I got it in middle school. Probably didn't understand anything that was going on. And then I think I read it again in high school because I had to. Mm -hmm. Or at least I was like, I've read this before. or something. I'll skim. Yeah. Kathy and Heathcliff are both irredeemable monsters. (laughs) Yeah. But... Like, the guy that comes to Wuthering Heights to live, like, the tenant or whatever, who is sort of the central character because he's the one being told this story and we're reading his diary of, like, and then this happened and then this happened. So he could be lying about everyone if you think about it. That's a little removed. In my mind, I did not remember that he existed. Weird. I hate that book. But now I have to finish it. Oh. You started it. Just, just like, first and last sentence it. <laughs> first and last sentence of every chapter. Here's the thing. I think it has some of the best, like, love language of any, like, romance novel of that era. Hmm. Like, she was the better Bronte sister at, like, those two people explaining how much they loved each other. It's just that they suck. Right. She just came up with the yuckiest characters. Like, why Why do neither one of them have anything that you could be like, oh, I get it. I mean, if you've... The Brontes had a horrible life. That's like, it true. makes sense. They were pretty miserable. <laughs> I guess. But Jane Eyre's like a heroine. Yeah. And Kathy is a monster. <laughs> I'm sure it's all related. They were mm-hmm. just depressed. I guess. I do like, though, I will say the th- if I had to play Kathy in something, the thing that I feel like I could hook onto is that she gets mad because people bug her. She finds other people irritating. <laughs> and then she spends the next, like, three months in bed. <laughs> Love that. She's like, I can't handle it. She's like, you know what? I have to go. <laughs> and then she just never comes downstairs. I, I like that. I do too. I I think we Hello. we should go back to like normalizing people just feeling kind of faint and needing to rest for a few days. Right. What was the, what they used to call it when women would just like just have issues? Hysteria. Hysteria. Yeah, we'll bring that back. <laughs> Having a hysteria go away. <laughs> like we get to use it this time instead yeah. of it being imposed on us. Yeah. She's having it. No, no, no. I you you don't say it. I say it's it. It's a take back the exactly. night situation. Exactly. I'm having a hysteria. Leave me alone. Yeah. Like she just gets upset, <laughs> and the doctor is literally like. No one should say anything that would make her upset anymore. Like, she could die. And I'm like, same. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. Oh, man. So if I, if I had to do it, that would be, right. the, that would be my hook. <laughs> but I hate her. Yeah. Because no one is saying anything that upsetting. Like. She's just easily upset. This is a you problem. Yeah. 
All right, what do I want to be and do in 2021? Yeah, what do you want to do? It definitely resonated with the balance thing. That, I mm-hmm. think, is what hopefully lots of people have been able to find. Because um, I feel like it's just been very emotionally unbalanced all year. So just finding some... Um, personal chill in different things. Yeah, I think there was just the obsession to just keep moving and we couldn't hurry this year. It wasn't possible. Um, yeah. And yet the year feels like it flew. Like, I was talking the other day, like, the New Year's... I, I feel like I just went to a New Year's party. Really? Where we wrote down things that we were going to do in this year. And I've done none of them. But I mean, um, who's holding themselves to their January well, it's just, ideas. just weird to think about. Like, those were all things that I couldn't have accomplished. Yeah. Without certain things being in place. So, like, I, I go to Taekwondo class. Well, I don't anymore because Zoom Taekwondo is makes me crazy. Yeah. But that was one of my goals. I can't, I can't do that. It's not possible. So what, what kinds of goals should I really be making? Yeah. Like... And that I think, don't require other people or don't require a specific <laughs> set of equipment or I don't know. I think that's the thing. It's like, which I've never been a big resolution person, but I think that the, you have to think about like what, what the goal is behind the thing you say you want to do. Hmm. So people who are like, and I've said this before, like you, you can't say to yourself like I'm gonna jump this hurdle every single day you say to yourself I'm going to throw my dart every day and try to hit this target and some days I'm gonna hit the wall and some days I'm gonna hit a bullseye but I'm gonna do it Mm -hmm. every day and like I think for me it's like okay you want to go to taekwondo class but why do you want to do that so I think I think it's, like, being more, sometimes making a really specific goal limits you for the thing that you actually want to be doing. Yeah, because the underlying desire under that goal was health and connecting better with my husband, who also does taekwondo. Right. I was able to accomplish those two things. Yeah. It had nothing to do with taekwondo. But those goals remained. I just Mm -hmm. didn't write them down that way and I didn't really even think of them that way yeah. until I didn't really have any other option and but sometimes, to readjust how to achieve those. Yeah. And sometimes when you can't hit the like very specific goal it's like oh well I like something's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. But then it's like well maybe you needed to achieve health and connection in a different way. Yeah. So you know just be gentle with yourself. Oh my gosh, yeah. In a lot of ways, I think 2021 is going to be... I, well, not to be all my sister about it, who's a therapist, <laughs> but I think we're going to deal with the mental and emotional effects of 2020 for years to come. Mm-hmm. I think, like, there's about to be so much stuff thrown at us that's like, you lost time. So here's all the ways that you need to make it up. Yeah. Or like, in the pandemic, I achieved my best self. 
and buy my book to learn how uh-huh. and like all of this stuff that is just like kind of noise and like if you're listening to this you did it you did 2020 like you good job you did it yeah so you know I think when you're thinking about all the things that you want to do in 2021 maybe just like think that one of those things is like heal your 2020 self yeah (laughs) who is gonna be having some some feelings when you're in the middle of a hurricane you can't rebuild you have to that has to end first Mm -hmm. and we're not at that point because this is America yes other people are in the rebuild phase and we're just not and whatever you think Mm -hmm. about that is what you think about that but it's not where we are think but there's yeah that that doesn't change where we are are. so like I think as like a community we're gonna have to do that as a world but like people are gonna have to do that on a personal level too Mm -hmm. so like I just think about the things that the theater community is going to be rebuilding is like people are have lost their spaces and don't yeah. have a place to rehearse or perform anymore and like um you know your favorite actor got a grown-up job during the pandemic because they had to and now they're relying on that income and they can't go back to crazy I sometimes make money and I sometimes yeah. don't life um, so we're all going to be looking for ways to, to rebuild and like, yeah, I think balance is probably a good way to put it, mm-hmm. but I'm cautiously optimistic that we can take some of the good things and move forward in a, in a healthy way. Yeah. It's possible. It's just it, kind of down to every person, like, like everything. Yeah. I mean, that's been another just recurring thing this year is most of the stuff that I'm disappointed about, I couldn't have done anything about which frustrates someone like me who wants Mm -hmm. control so badly to no end, but all that that's kind of gained me is, okay, what can I, what can I do anything about? Then focus on that stuff. Like, and, and in a real way that wasn't something I would have done until I had no option. (laughs) It's like, okay, you can't control any of it. Do you feel like there's any freedom in that or supposed to be yeah I feel like that's what people say yeah but like have you found that to be true off and on yeah okay that's I mean it's like anything else it's kind of the three steps forward two steps back Mm -hmm. like oh yeah I've I feel this week I I felt no anxiety at all about the fact that I'm unemployed then the next week (laughs) I can't function like at all so it's just it's very very back but I mean I feel like I've said this three times this week for some reason. You're unlearning however many years you've been doing the thing. Yeah. Like, you, 
it's going to take you a long time to unlearn the way that you've done life. Like, mm-hmm. I've done life, and my brain has processed my world with what can I do to manipulate the situation so that I feel like I'm not going to die. <laughs> like, And that anxiety. worked for you. And it worked. Yeah. And And some of that was healthy and some of that was not healthy. Mm-hmm. And now my brain's having to figure out a new way to see the world. Right. And that's going to take a long time because... I've been doing that way a long time. Yeah. So. And we were just talking about this the other night. For me, it was like, well, I'll just be busy Mm -hmm. and then I won't have to, I won't deal with my anxiety because I, I just won't let myself have space for it. And if I don't have space for it, then it doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, and then pandemic. So much space. And then it's like, (laughs) hey. You're going to do this very easy job that doesn't require, like, a lot of your creative energy or brain power. And um, you're just going to think about some stuff. Perfect. (laughs) Great. Love that for me. Um, But, yeah, I mean, for a long time, being busy and juggling things worked was the way that I also kept my anxiety in, like, in a cage mm-hmm. where it couldn't like permeate every aspect of my life. So do you feel like you got to safely let it out or did it just eat its <laughs> way through the bars? Well, I think, um, it, a little bit of both. I think that I, I didn't realize it was happening when it came out, mm-hmm. but then once it was there and everywhere, um, my reaction to it was a lot more healthy than it would have been this time last year. Hmm. So that was nice. Um, And, you know, personal growth or whatever. So 10 out of 10. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and then then it's like, okay, well, I don't want to just lock this thing up again, which means I have to live here for a minute and, like, actually take it piece by piece and do something mm. um i don't know when we became a self-help po- podcast i don't know i we're not uh, don't listen to us what are you doing here <laughs> listen shannon and i have struggled <laughs> and made things during that struggle yeah. and then sat in parking lots and complained about the struggle and the things we made and that is, in essence, what we're doing now. Yes. Um, yeah. I think... I think all teachers are self-help experts. So we probably landed here very naturally. Yeah. Because you're constantly saying things to children and then going home and being like, I should probably take some of my own advice. <laughs> Yeah, I give the children very good advice. Yeah, I very seldom. It's almost like I'm wise, (laughs) but stupid. Yeah. One show you want to see in 2021? I'm gonna do two. I'm not gonna lie to you. So if you want to do two, okay. (laughs) I guess I'd like to see them try and do Strictly Ballroom again because Mm. that was a major bummer that they put in all that work and then it had to quit. and not that I would necessarily need to see it, but I would I would love to see that get get another shot. Because yeah. I feel like it's been given a an unfair 
chance. Um, and I don't know. I feel like everything I'd want to see is so cliche just because I'd kind of like that that soft ground. Like really, just like mentally, just like I need something. But yeah, maybe I've seen that three times already. But yeah, I it mean, just sounds if you nice. want to see a it comfort show, <laughs> sound, right? Yeah, I yeah. need I need a mac and cheese show, like yeah. for real. So what do you want to see? That's your what's I a comfort show for you? You can't take it with you every time, mm. but like not garbage. Please. You want to see a good one? I want to see a good. You can't take it with you. With like a, a really nice old man. Yeah. In like a sweater vest. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and and not not a high school product like like a really a good one. Yeah. Nothing against the high school productions. Everybody does it. You all you all would, everybody does that yeah. show. It's just hard to get your fifteen year old boy to have like grandpa energy. It, it is. <laughs> It's difficult, yes. Although I know many 15-year-old girls who have grandpa energy. <laughs> Just putting it out there. So if, if you're grandma, thinking about... not grandpa. If you're thinking about doing it, mm-hmm. think about, okay, who gives off, like, grandparent energy? You got a 15-year-old girl with a cat constantly wearing, mm-hmm. like, a like an old man sweater. Brings her blanket to school. Brings her blanket to <laughs> knits. <laughs> knits, yes. Give that girl the grandpa part. I like it. Think about it. <laughs> Anyway, I'm not here to cast your show. Right, Just, no. like, those are good answers. I feel like those are great answers. For me, um, I have not had, like, and I cry all the time, but I have not had, like, a real, like, sit down and be really upset about something and cry all pandemic. Mm. I think maybe that's just my brain protecting itself. <laughs> but that would be too much. Like, yeah, right now I think it would be too much. But I would love to see a cry show. Mm. So I think for something I've never seen before, I would like to see, because they made Moulin Rouge into the yeah. musical, I could sit down and cry. Absolutely. Watching that. So I think for me it would probably be that. If Moulin Rouge doesn't come back as a musical, I'll go see Les Mis again and cry the whole time. That's fine too. That works Perfect. for me. <laughs> and, and I know like those two shows will trigger it. Like... Yeah. It can't just be any sad thing. But those two shows I know will trigger it. Um, but same kind of, I just want to see something, like, fun and n- nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think for me, the, like, fun, nice thing I would want to see is something I haven't seen before live, which is Play That Goes Wrong. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. I I really, really... I wish that it was more accessible for us to get, like, recordings mm. of, like, Lon- like, West- like, London performances. I have the hardest time... Fi- like, I can't find them. Yeah. And they've done several incredible shows that some sneaky person put on YouTube for a couple days and then they got taken down. <laughs> but I did get to see one of them and it was really good. And I would totally buy it if it was an option. Yes. But I can't find it. But I am kind I wish of these thinking... Were purchasable. Just as, like, and I don't know, I'm no savant of what the theater community will do, but I think the time where you open a show like that on the West End and people pay $200 to come see it and can't get in if they don't have, like, money Mm. might be coming to a close. Um, I certainly hope it is. I think that you can have something that still feels important and prestigious and like has a 
sacredness about it without there having to be money. Yeah, completely alienating most of the population. Yeah. So I think that, like, some, like, theater with a capital T and an R-E people, um... (laughs) Sometimes they're like... That's, that's got to be a song. Can, you should write that song. I will write that song. Theater with a capital T and an R-E. That is a song. <laughs> Someone write that down. Um, and they're just like... Those people sometimes... I think they want... They want, like... There to be, like, a air about the theater. That, like, you're doing something. Mm-hmm special and classy and like you should dress up Um, and I think that you can keep that feeling of like this is a special place without being like give me $400 to come here Yeah. and I'm hoping that as we move into the future that something the pandemic has taught us is that like if you are relying on in person specialness and $400, lots of things can take that away from you. So let's have some backups in place, and maybe we will get some really nice recordings of stuff from the West End. Yeah. Stuff on Broadway. Like, having it be more accessible for folks. And I think when you do that... You don't just open up the door for a new audience, but you open up the door for new creatives. And, like, who knows the great talent that we have been ignoring because of privilege. Yeah. Theater privilege. Um, so, you know, I think it could be a cool time. Absolutely. And I want someone to do the play that goes wrong well. Yes. Yes, please. And while You Can't Take It With You is not... I think there's, like, at least two storylines from that show that could get cut, and I wouldn't miss them. I would be more than happy to go see one with you. (laughs) It's very silly, and I don't care. Yeah. I think that's fine. I would just watch it for the conversation with the IRS agent. (laughs) For me, it's... I wish we had more time of just Alice and the grandpa. Yeah. Like... That relationship is special, and I you don't get to see that's it a lot. That's something that, it's pretty rare, but that's something that the movie got better mm. than the play, in my opinion. Well, there's not a lot of dialogue between just the two of them, yeah. but it's one of those things that you can accomplish a lot with, like, a, a nicely cut sequence. Mm-hmm. So, that makes sense. But I think, even though the grandpa was, like, quirky... I haven't seen the show in a long time. But, like, they are both kind of the, like, anchors to the chaos. Mm -hmm. She, because she's very normal. Right. (laughs) And him, because he has, just kind of sits in his chair and, like, is happy to let everyone, he's so happy that everyone is there. Like, he, he know, he he could do that, but he doesn't want to. Yeah. I don't know that... Essie could be normal if she wanted to. Wow. That was not even a motorcycle. No, it was just a truck. That was a big car. (laughs) Yikes. 
Yeah, I don't know that she could be if she wanted to. No. And Ed certainly couldn't Absolutely be. Absolutely not. What a weirdo. But he's perfect just the way he is. Yes. Oh, yikes. Oh, except not when he's played by certain people. Yeah, well. I'd, I found those pictures the other day. Really? Mm-hmm. I feel like I run across them every time I go through my photos, which is often because I can never find the one I wanted. Um, but that, that photo of everybody right after the... Uh, in, in the... the um, Oh, what's that called? Word association game. Oh, right geez. after the yeah. So they're doing the word association, and she says, "Well, you talk about it all the time, even when we're and the, like the <laughs> moment right after that, I got the picture. That's one of my That's proudest beautiful. accomplishments. Yeah, today good for you. Was everybody's faces. Yeah, and specifically your brother's face. Oh, that which yeah, he has great faces. Was so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a baby! I think he was really like fourteen or fifteen. Yeah. Baby, yeah. baby. But no one else on that stage could have gotten even close, so. No, and Adam does kind of have grandpa energy. He does. He, what, he, I mean, he wanted that chair so badly, the, the old man chair. The old man chair. And then, <laughs> and then, I don't, he was the one that insisted on biting into a tomato like it was an apple. Such a weirdo. And he did not have to do that. <laughs> Everyone was like, there are options. Nope. Have to do it. Okay. And I don't. Sitting here, I don't know that my brother likes tomatoes. I don't think he does. He's that's dedicated. He's a dedicated actor. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, he's also kind of young, so it could just be like silliness. Or he's just <laughs> trying to prove something. Oh yeah, because we were probably what the youngest and not the youngest in the cast because we right. had a twelve-year-old girl. But... Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, second, our federal agent. <laughs> second youngest, second youngest. certainly. Yeah. Because he's, he's a baby even for, like, his grade. hmm So, yeah. His grade. We're adults. Yeah, I know, but at the time he was a child. <laughs> and I think your brother was one of the federal agents. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Oh, man. You can't take it with you, sweet. It is. The snakes are still up in the prop room. Oh. The snake tank. Yeah. The, our boxes are still up there. Ridiculous. It's cold and dark. Yeah. All right. Oh, uh, I was thinking of the Raven oh, once upon hey. a midnight dreary. Got it. Not right? quite there. While I pondered weak and weary. Right. That's the Raven. It's Edgar Allan okay. Poe. Of course it. Of course it is. Of course, of course it, it is. is. <laughs> we, st- we still got to go talk about. It. We haven't really talked about that one. Oh. We can make that one the next one in the new year. Oh. Poe. Oh Poe. Yeah, let's do it. All right. All right, um, tell us what your New Year's intention is or the show that you want to see in the new year. Yeah, not resolutions. Resolutions are dumb. Yeah, resolutions are stupid. Um, you can email those to us at uncertaintheater at gmail.com. It's U-N-C-E-R-T-A-I-N-T-H-E-A-T-R-E yes. at gmail.com. Or you can call us or text us. And the number for that is 502-627-0296. Also, if you write that song, theater with a capital T, R-E, um, I don't know what I'll do, but it'll be, it'll be a grand gesture. Yeah, and like, I won't copy... a hug in this season. (laughs) (laughs) I won't copyright you or anything, just tag us. (laughs) Sounds good. Okay, I'll see you later. All right, bye. Bye.